Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Tian. And I'm Jason. And you're listening to, um, what was this called again? Far From Home, a podcast about two Asian Canadians who moved pretty far from home. Woo! <laughs> Just and that, two? Whoa, that, there, was, there was a name that what? you normally wouldn't recognize in there. What was that name? Oh my gosh. So, today we have that long lost third member out of this duo. (laughs) I mean, we didn't even want to mention his name. Slightly, just kidding. Yeah. My friend was like, why do you like refer to him as the one who shall not be named? (laughs) As if he's like some sort of mythical And then Jason like, Jason referred to him as as if he was dead or something. (laughs) No, you did. But our friend is very much not dead. And has joined us today on this call. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. It is a great honor. Um, as the first guest of this podcast, I'm very happy <laughs> to be true. here. <laughs> to all the other people we've promised to be guests, um, yeah, no, I guess that didn't happen. <laughs> so, um, Tian, do you want to do you want to introduce yourself? Because you too are also far from home. Uh, yes, I am originally also from Toronto. Um, I actually was born in China, but I moved there when I was seven. And I grew up in Toronto um, basically all of my life until I graduated university. And after that, I moved to Seattle um, on the west coast of the United States um, just to just because of job purposes. Um, yeah, so... Uh, that's basically a little blurb about me, a quick blurb. Mm. And how do we all know each other? Oh, we went to the same... Oh, actually, you know, this is a funny story. I was thinking about this as I listened to your last podcast about the friends. And I was like, okay. so I met Jason first. And it yeah, was yep. a really, really kind of random place. He was dating um, somebody who was at my school what? like one of my high school classmates at the time um and then oh my god this is going yeah, way, this is way back, way back, way back. History. and then it was the um it was the olympics at vancouver what? there was like the winter olympics in vancouver and we were watching i think it was the hockey tournament yeah, or game or something like that and the then fuck? um they invited me over because it was one of the friends birthdays we did a surprise birthday party. Yes. And, yes. And then, uh, and then I showed up. I brought a gift, and then randomly there was this guy there that I didn't know <laughs> because <laughs> I knew all the other people because they came from the same school. But we all went to the same school. But then there's this random guy, and I was like, "Oh, who's that?" And then, and then it like he introduced himself as Jason. And I'm like, I didn't really like. Um, know him that well so i didn't really like put much thought into it and then later on he joined um our school and then he recognized me at like just like this first day usually when you um when you register for your classes uh-huh. and things like that so uh-huh. during that day he was like hey tian i'm like oh it's you it's jason <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was so crazy i was like oh my gosh um but yeah, oh that's the first God. time I met Jason. Damn, and freaking origin story. <laughs> he randomly, and then um, we we weren't, like, I wouldn't say we were super close. Like, we kind of just knew each other in, like, the same friend circle. And then he just randomly came up to me one day and was like, hey, you want to join a, a business <laughs> challenge? 
You're right. Oh, yeah. you're right. You, you're it was the me. one that instigated it? Yeah. I did. I yeah. showed Tian this oh. business challenge. And then I was like, I had nothing to do for the summer. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. Why not? Let me just do it. And then I joined. And then that's where I met you, Alex, at the business yep. challenge. Because we were teammates and Jason was in a competing team. And was. he won a bunch of challenges where we thought that we had won. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> uh, so salty, but yeah. Anyways, I was very salty too. Yeah, I'm still uh, living yeah. off those three hundred dollars I won oh to my this day. Gosh. <laughs> and then we dedicated our entire freaking summer to that business challenge. We did. We did. It was like we spent as much time as if it was a it was a full time job during the summer. To be honest, yeah. The funniest thing was Jason sold it to me as something that was really simple, like, ah, oh, minimal commitment, you know, it's going to be really easy, really? really fun. And I'm like, okay, I'm down. And then I went and then it turned out to be like a night and day, like amounts of work. More work <laughs> yeah. at school. Yeah, we were just yeah. projects all night, projects all day. Yeah, but it was, that was fun. insane. Wow. wow good times good yeah, times that's that's how i met you two and then i think later on we both joined the same organization which uh hosted that business challenge and then i think we uh grew along with like the group of friends that came out of that and then i think we would meet like very regularly to do volunteer work and organize things and like things like that so i think that's where we kind of grew closer as a trio of friends yeah <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna cry. Good times. Okay. It was uh, good. Yeah. Life and was now simple. We all live around six thousand kilometers away from each other. <laughs> each <laughs> it's like a triangle. It almost is. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, Tin, why do you think we've been friends for ten years, the three of us? What what has made it so that we've stood the test of time? Yeah, you know, uh, it's kind of it's kind of really interesting because there definitely has been a bunch, like a lot of people who I've been friends with, but then they kind of just dropped off the radar after um, the commonalities that we shared together kind of dropped off as well. For example, things like school, like if you're in uh, the same classrooms, taking the same courses, things like that, like you just kind of are forced together to be friends. I think it's similar to what you guys were talking about last episode, last um podcast but yeah i think for me personally i feel like we share a, a good set of common values and like mm -hmm. we have a set of common um ambitions goals um and mm. a lot of like common Ooh. language i think together i think that really helps um it really helps that like you know communication isn't like i say something and then it like doesn't make sense to any of you or things like that i think that would have been very difficult to keep the friendship going but i think that mm the the fact that we have a lot of those kind of commonalities in um together as three um i think that has helped our friendship continue to grow and i think the other thing is like um mm -hmm. people sometimes can get really salty and then like hold grudges and things like that i, I feel like <laughs> we're at least i personally think that we're very chill in the sense that it's kind of like oh things happen and we're very understanding that you know things do happen with each other and then if it does yep. it's kind of like oh whatever i mean it happened it happened it's in the past let's just move forward kind of thing oh yeah i don't think we've gotten mad at each other really like the three of us no, yeah. you can't get mad at Tian. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like getting mad at a puppy. 
Yeah, Tin's the nice guy in our friend group. Like uh, Jason is, and I are is. diabolical, <laughs> I am and the- Tin's like, guys, you shouldn't do that, you know. And then we're like, oh, but we want to really like do this. <laughs> yeah. We just want to set things on fire, and Tan's there with like a little bucket of water. Yeah. I, wait, I'm curious. Who did? Okay, so some more context is that Tian, Tian and Jason went to the same high school. Yeah. I went mm-hmm. to a different high school, mm-hmm. but we all went to the same university. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I was partly influenced by Tian. Uh, you guys are both two years. No, fuck you. So, so I was partly influenced by Tian, who Tian, because um, because the two of you guys are two years older than me. Um, so I was just like, oh, I want to go to this university that has a pretty good comp sci or math program, and that. So, did one of you influence the other in wanting to go to this said university? Oh, good question. Because this is like one year. The business challenge was one year before university. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't think because I think we ultimately ended up in different programs, and I think um, I mm. went down the computer science route, um, and I think Jason picked the engineering route, and I think we. I don't remember if we talked about it, but for me personally, my decision was mainly based on like. Uh, what I thought was the best place for computer science within, you know, like a close amount of distance from my home. Um, so because yeah. I didn't want to go too far. Um, so yeah. I think that really ultimately came down to two choices. One was like, uh, one was the school that I eventually attended. And the, the other one was. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if we could say the universities. Oh, really? Oh, shoot. OK, um, let's I th- leave I that think listeners can guess everything but the school close to toronto for good computer science where could that be (laughs) and the other good school near toronto for computer science yeah we'll see we'll see sorry but you can yeah bleep it out if um, that helps but yeah i think um for me that's basically what my decision came down to i i don't know if it wasn't based off of me yeah jason doesn't give a shit about us apparently (laughs) no um, no, I, I always knew I wanted to go to that school that I went to. That school. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to study something related to math. And like you just said, if you want to study something math, computer science, engineering related, and you're in your undergrad, like it's a clear choice, especially if you live in Ontario or province. Yeah. And the person, so there was like this university fair before we actually got to pick which one to apply to. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to that, and during the fair, the person really, really sold like the whole co-op program, and I was like, "Oh wow, that seems really nice." I mean, that seems really, it makes sense, right? You kind of like study and gain practical knowledge at the same time. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think that's probably going to be my first choice. Um, I think in hindsight, I probably should have done a little bit more research into what the actual school environment would have been like, because there definitely have been times where it was like kind of tough. Um, just because of the environment and like the, I guess the learning habits and the, and the way people study and things like that, at least for my program, um, that kind of made it a little bit difficult to get through the program. Um, but yeah, I, I probably, I probably should have done a little bit more research, but anyways, I made it. So whatever, I guess it, Mm. it's all in hindsight now. Mm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So I think one of the things you cited for a reason of staying friends is common values. 
But Ooh. I wanted to know more about what do you think those common values are? We want money, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that's just Alex, please. I mean, that's that's kind of why Chan and I both moved away for, for career opportunities. Yeah. You, I don't not, know why you went to Japan. That was not my choice. That was yeah. not my No one moves to Japan for their career. Yeah, but yeah. Huh. I, I think for me, I think, I guess my opinion of you two are like, um, one, you're very like goal oriented and like motivated to achieve those goals. I think that's like a common value that I think we all share. It's like you set a goal and you want to achieve it. Um, and you kind of, and I think both of you work really hard towards those goals. Um, I think when you told us you were moving toward to Japan, Jason, I was like, oh my gosh, that's kind of crazy. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. you don't speak the language at the, at that time. I, I didn't think you spoke the language cause I never heard you speak Japanese ever in my life. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think he speaks yeah. the language and he doesn't yeah. have like, I don't know if the degree that you've earned is transferable and <laughs> I don't know what the job prospects are like, but you're just like picking yeah. up your whole life and you've set that goal. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, you're just going to pick up your whole life and like move there and try to accomplish as much as you can. So I, I think, um, same thing for Alex. I think, I mean, at the very minimum, it, it, it might've been a little bit better because, um, Singapore, like people speak English and you can go to an English working company, yeah. but also like, I know that it's very difficult to move to a foreign land for a job. Um, there's a lot of things that could happen and like, you have to adapt and all those things. So I think it was a goal that you guys have set and you both work really hard to achieve that. And I think that's some common, um, at least one thing that comes to mind for like commonalities up between us. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause I kind of did the same thing, I guess is like we had goals when we moved here and, um, been able to achieve that those thankfully. Um, but yeah that's just something that came to the top of my mind i guess there probably are other things i just would have to think about it a little bit more <laughs> yeah i i think we're all like just quite similar even though we all come from like kind of different backgrounds it's funny Tian, because you said something like we all speak the same language but we all technically don't like we all speak english but i speak cantonese you speak you speak mandarin yeah. jason kind of speaks japanese hey, 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 hey. <laughs> look who's talking look who's talking mister but <clears throat> yeah i think i think our personalities are kind of similar our humor is pretty similar and that's yeah. why we all like laugh at each other and shit yeah definitely and tian was the guy with the car when yeah we were doing i was about volunteer. to say that we so all yeah. like oh, tian, can you drive me here can you drive us there and tian was yes. like yeah sure and then we go on like McDonald's runs. Yeah. We even went to like Niagara Falls. Yeah. yeah that was fun. Yep. Oh man, I love that car. Uh, good times. Subi. Oh, rest, rest in peace. That yeah. car. It's yeah. funny because I saw one um for sale nearby in uh in Oregon. And I was like, it was like seven thousand or eight thousand dollars. This was like maybe two years ago when used car prices were still like reasonable. Um, and it, it was like the same car, but it had the upgraded engine with like the turbo on it. And then it was a manual and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tempted. And then I called the person. I'm like, is it still available? And they just said no, cause they sold it oh. already. I was like, Aww. oh, next time, I guess. Actually, like part of our conversation is like, Tian, you're really into cars. I started getting into cars cause I started driving a manual. And then Jason worked for a car company. <laughs> yeah. And so I like cars. Yeah. And so like, yeah, we were all kind of in the same thing. Though 
we never washed all our cars together. Because I no. washed my car with Tian before. Yeah. Kind of. I've washed my car with Tian. And I washed my car with Jason before. Yeah. Oh, maybe I washed it with Alex. I'm forgetting. Yeah. Uh, is that I, what bros do? Is that what car bros do? Yeah. yeah. They wash their cars together. Washing their cars. <laughs> Soap everywhere. <laughs> I have, um, we have some mutual friends here, um, between me and Jenny who like are also really into cars and I've washed my cars with them or my car with them before, hey. like together. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that sounded kind of weird, but <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Don't, don't read into that anyone. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. So... With 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 Jason and I both living in Asia, I'm curious if Tian, you've ever wanted to live in Asia, because Jason and I, we've never, we were both born in Canada and we never had that experience before, and we never really visited, the, like Asia that often either. Oh, interesting. Uh, I actually, oh, personally, I actually did visit um, Asia. I guess China mainly, um, more frequently. I would say, like. Uh, there was a period, I would say, between grade f like five or six to uh, the end of high school. I probably went like maybe four or five times um, mm, okay. just because uh, I still have a lot of family back in uh, China and um, they basically every summer they would ask like, oh, are you coming back? Visit us. You know, um, mm -hmm. we're going on this trip. I think it would be cool if you join. And it was really cool because they um, usually during my summers, they would also have they have my cousins would also be off. So we would like be able to go on trips together. So that was like really nice. So I saw uh, a little bit. I wouldn't say a lot, but like a, at least a little bit I, of China. Um, we, um, mm -hmm. I were I think I have planning out there. our entire, uh, I guess, certain amount of time um uh, like our like our timeline and our plans right uh as you do when you're getting more serious um we did a, <laughs> we had like a little like section carved out to move to asia and live there um, that was always the plan after staying in um the united states for a little bit after after that we'd go to asia to live there um to china to china yeah i think china oh. would make sense um, or like, I guess we're open uh, to anywhere else. Yeah, actually, oh, um, <laughs> dude, English man. Yeah, I think it would actually um, kind of depend on the job opportunities that are presented to us and whatever is available. So if that kind of um, if that works out, then I think we definitely would be interested. The kind of challenging part is uh, as we've grown older, we've collected more and more things. And mm. like more, like mm. now we have two dogs, two cars, uh, <sighs> like a like a bunch of like couches, TVs, bed, and all of that stuff. And so now it's getting like I feel like it's getting harder and harder to just pick up your things and move. Um, mm. But mm. I think if the opportunity does present itself, we definitely think about it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. And the next steps um, would really depend on what kind of job opportunities come up. Um, yeah. And also all, all the other stuff, I guess, that happens in the next couple of years, next two years, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm quite surprised. I kind of thought like Asia was off the table for you guys already because I think we're all in like the similar sentiment of we want to move back to Canada. Yeah. For kids, most yeah. likely. And like where and you're already three years into your journey um, abroad. And so 
it'd be surprising to see you move to another country yet again. Yeah, I think that's kind of like going to be the really tough decision. So the the kids part, I think we is on the timeline as well. Um, but we're kind of trying to figure out how, how to balance that because ideally, I think the plan would be have kids in the States so that they can be U.S. citizens. Oh. And then because it comes when you're born, right? So like they can yeah. have the option of coming back if they want to and then raise the kids here for like a little bit, then go back to Asia at a certain point teach and the Chinese yes and then yes. have like free yes. Chinese teaching I mean like free Chinese lessons free Chinese <laughs> um, yeah so I think that would be really nice um, and then move back to Canada but I think the the tough part there is I think uh, my parents are getting a little bit older and I don't mm. know how much I feel like how comfortable I would feel if they're kind of just on their own still um as i get older i think they'll be okay for like a couple more years but i think um, at some point i definitely want to go back to help them out with things like yeah. you know things around the house and things like that so yeah that's like the balancing act that i'm where at least personally i'm like struggling with mm-hmm. yeah no it's definitely a thing yeah um my brother and i are like we're we're forever trying to convince my mom to to move to Singapore for at least half the year, and so yeah. that like it's just easier overall for everyone. Um, just because both my brother my brother's a PR already, so like wow. it's super easy for him to just apply for a dependence pass for for my mom, and then uh-huh. yeah, she can stay in Singapore as long as she wants. That's oh. really nice. Yeah. 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 Damn ten. You guys want the trifecta? The the dual citizenship of canada and the u.s and speaking chinese with like the chinese <laughs> teaching <laughs> curriculum I, I, I feel like um personally i feel like the the curriculum or like the way chinese kids are taught and things like that for the first couple of years of their life um mm-hmm. like maybe up until uh elementary school when you have to actually learn quite a lot of things i feel like um that instills a sense of competitiveness and things like that into the children Mm. but then after you actually hit the school like elementary school middle school and high school it gets like way too much so i yeah the the reason why is like i i want to go back to is like stop at the point where it gets like too like damaging to the kid yeah and then move back to canada for like the rest of it um yeah actually like random off topic but i was just exploring singapore yesterday and then there were these stores near this bookstore that i found and all they sold were past exam papers for certain high schools yeah and there were signs and it like looks super ghetto it was like a wire rack of just like stacks and stacks of like 100 pages of paper of exam papers and it was like don't take any pictures and then it just said like the school name the subject and like the price and people and, and i asked my locals and like so I'm sorry, my local friends, and they're like, "Yeah, people buy that shit to 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 practice with," and that's sad. That's how they get ahead, and I'm just like, "Wow, that's sad." Yeah, very sad. I swear so they sad. did that at our university too. I swear there's Wait, like really? there was I'm like sure. a, they were selling exams. Oh yeah, yeah the there, there was like a group of uh, like the international I would say, students. Yeah, mainly Whoa. people. From, I'll just say it. I'll just yeah, say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah. Pull them oh, under the bus. Dude, I have no idea what the fuck. And they yeah, have, yeah, like, yeah, they were selling exams. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dude, I need to speak Mandarin. (laughs) Dude, that's what um, one of our friends, I won't name him, but like that's what one of my friends did. Like he spoke a bit of Mandarin, like better than me. So then he just like got close with a bunch of these international students and he got like so many assignments. It was very frustrating. Is this the universe, that friend that I don't like that much? Probably. Because he was dating this girl that oh, i yes, worked yes, with yes, yes, yeah. is that friend? Yeah, all right yeah. interesting interesting okay i don't like that guy <laughs> i have uh, no clue who this is so disclaimer. yeah uh, anyways i think yeah he just he 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 got in with the right group and i think they yeah they would like have all of these answers already they would share answers we did too but like i feel like they just had like more resources because they would they like system collect it yeah from like previous years and things like that and um, they'll have people who would also probably like memorize the exams, all the questions and write them down yeah. and sell them afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Damn. Mm. That shit Pretty is interesting. Nice. Yeah. That's why we didn't get good grades. That's, that's why those, some people yeah. got like A's and we got D's. <laughs> you weren't <laughs> cheating I like got them. These. <laughs> I, I, did, I got pretty low marks too. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So with that Asia question out of the way now, do you, do you? Do you think people should move to America? What are what are some good and bad things you've you've learned so far? Because I know you have Ooh, some interesting stories. I have so many stories. I think you know um, the amount of stories I've gathered living in Canada, like just about crazy stuff that has happened, is yeah. like almost zero. And since <laughs> I've moved here in the past three years, I've gathered like at least four like really crazy things that have happened. Um, to me or people near me or co-workers um, oh that God. is almost like kind of like things you would only see on the news um, usually but it actually happened most of them happened very closely um, yeah I think moving to the United States you, you kind of have to assess it I, I personally feel like you have to assess it from your personal I guess values points mm-hmm. and things you're willing to um take and things you're willing to sacrifice i think the biggest thing is at least for me when i moved here was i think it was just this it was the fact that you could uh make a lot more of salary here Mm. i think there's not really a better place in the world where if you're just talking about individual salary like based compensation like you get the most amount of money for your time um i think it's going to be the states the other thing you have to keep in mind, though, is that certain things here are very expensive. For example, mm. like we were just talking about before the podcast, like food here can be very expensive. Rent can be very expensive. Um, yeah. Living costs can be very expensive. So uh, depending on where you go, you kind of have to balance it out. It's like you make more, but you also can't save more because you're spending all of it on like random things you need to survive. Mm. Um, but I guess once you kind of do that calculation and, and if it makes sense for you, I think it is a good opportunity and exercise for you when you are younger. Um, I would not recommend to do it if you're older because healthcare really can take a quite drastic cut on you, <sighs> like in terms of your salary and just like general well-being and then all of that stuff. Um, healthcare here is very, very complex. Um, like to yeah, give that's you an, an easy way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, like Mm. to give you an example. So like when I had to go see the doctor, I couldn't just go. I had to figure out which doctor was in my insurance network. And I have insurance because the difference of going in an in-network insurance uh, doctor 
versus an out of network insurance doctor um, is can be quite significant. Like you could you could be paying like quite a bit more if you go to out of network. The other thing is the insurance uh, provider won't tell you before you sign up for them which doctors they have. Oh, so what? you kind of have to blindly like you have to do some sleuthing and research to figure out which doctor um, is covered in network before you sign up. So it doesn't make any sense, right? It's like, if wow. I don't know which doctor, I, you would literally have to call them and be like, hey, which one are you with? And then maybe they will tell you. But if you go and just look up the website for the insurance provider, they won't tell mm. you which doctors are which until you have like a login, until you can like log into the what website. The and the only way you get a login is if you sign up with them, at least from my, my experience. I might be wrong, but like... It's really complex, and I didn't want to spend like a ton of time researching, so I just picked one. Yeah. Thankfully, it was okay. Um, but if you pick, um, if you pick an out-of-network one, it's way more expensive. And the also another tricky thing is if you have like a um, a hospital, one hospital can have doctors in multiple networks. So like Doctor A for what? the same department can be in one network. And then Dr. B in the same department can be in a different network. Oh, so if God. you pick the wrong doctor in the same hospital, you can also get messed up in a giant, like way more expensive than you were, uh, have like a way more expensive bill than you were expecting. So just like things like this, right? It's like, if you have a lot of health issues, um, I would skip coming to America because it's just, it's very expensive. You have to be very careful who you go to. You're always checking and the bills, they come in and it's kind of like, very scary and and they can add up very quickly um even if you have insurance coverage because there's things like co-pays deductibles oh god um, things like that it's, it's not definitely not free it's not like you can just walk in give them the card and say hey like i need to get this treated it's like hey uh yes you can get this treated we'll bill you afterwards and then you have to argue with the insurance company like what i'm actually supposed to pay versus what i'm not supposed to pay and like um the other oh, thing man. is they don't tell you how much the procedure is going to cost beforehand, which That's is really stupid. messed up. So if you, yeah, so I had a coworker, um, uh, again, all, all these are like crazy stories I've, I've heard of since I moved here. I had a coworker who broke his arm and then uh -huh. he actually drove around to three different doctors and he asked them how much <laughs> is it going to cost. Oh my <laughs> As God. his like, arm is all messed up <laughs> and then they wouldn't tell him. They, what the they just fuck? they just wouldn't give him a number because they're like it could cost this it could cost it could cost this it depends on what we have to do, um, but they just wouldn't give him a solid number. So if you don't know, you go in, you get the treatment, you come out, surprise bill. That's basically what it is. It's like yeah. it could yeah, cost you a thousand, it could cost yeah. you twenty thousand. You don't know because they don't tell you. So yeah. you have like no mental preparedness of how much it's gonna cost, which is yeah. really messed up. Um, so yeah, like I guess. I would recommend, uh, personally, I would recommend someone who is younger, who has less health issues, um, mm -hmm. who is uh, like willing, I guess not willing, but like the, they're trying to aim for uh, fast growth and like earning a lot of money and like trying to move up in, the, in a company or like gain lots of experience and things like that um, yep. to come here. I, I think that would be most worth your time. Um, I think the crux of the issue is that a lot of the bigger companies and a lot of the headquarters are still here in the states mm. and i think moving to the headquarters and having like your um foot in the door in a team that is in the headquarters where all of other people are at 
um, gives you a lot more opportunities to grow within a company than if you were working in like a branch office or things like that. I think mm-hmm. that that is probably the biggest benefit of moving here. It's like you get to connect with um, people in the headquarters. You get to connect, like you get to see directors and you know VPs and things like that. Maybe not VPs, but like senior managers at least. You get to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They get more important projects because they're all located in the same place. Um, so I think for your career, it can be a big benefit. I think if you aren't really career oriented and just want to see what it's like, I would just come here for vacation. I think that that would be, that would give you a pretty good sense of what it's like. I, I wouldn't stay enough. like over a couple of months. I think, um, it does get quite kind of tiring. Um, yeah. So I guess that's my two cents advice for people. Were there were there moments where you're just like, oh, dude, I should not have moved to America. What am I doing? Did that happen to you? <laughs> um, Every day. Good question. <laughs> I, I think when we were living downtown uh, a lot, I think that was um, quite a scary time, actually. So, yes, there were certain times when I thought of that. But we've actually since moved out of downtown and we're like in the suburbs now. And mm-hmm. I think it is a lot better. Um, yeah, personally, I think I just enjoy suburb life a little bit more than living downtown because it's it's too we're not really the rowdy type um Mm. and there's like too much rowdiness and too much crazy stuff going on um let's see uh i have a i have a story about that actually i guess one (laughs) one example please do time you're rowdy (laughs) oh yeah i mean it's not even like you know, like it, over the past year because of the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and like all of that stuff, it was like super apocalyptic at one moment. And like that's when I had like the, the, the feeling of why well, I shouldn't have came here. Um, so uh, this was close to when the elections were happening. Yes. So what was happening was oh, uh, Trump and Biden were going head to head in the election. I think it was like September. And so I was living in downtown Seattle. It was... Um, to give you an idea of the place so there's like this area uh, where most of the offices are and i lived about a 10 minute walk away from that area mm-hmm. um so that's where basically like all of the uh, a lot of like tech buildings high offices and like things like that um like mm-hmm. high high-rise offices and then there's like a little you know apartment complexes and things like that beside it um so 10 minutes from there um and People were, I was walking out on the street because I had parked my car on the street (laughs) and the Uh people were boarding up the windows, like literally as if a hurricane is going to come through all the windows, all the shops, first floor were boarded up. And then um, you walk around and then there was just like this sense of dread in the air because it felt like, you know, some some stuff was going to go down. Like, oh, my There was going to be either some rioting, protesting. And I got really scared. I'm like, gosh, what if they like throw some stuff on my car because it's parked right there? Yeah. My car. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> my car. I actually drove it and parked it into the, uh, in the underground parking lot for that one night. And I actually like paid extra for it. Um, but yeah, so that night people actually came out. Um, the police were on the streets. Um, they were like, in, I guess, riot gear. They were like um, in the megaphone because my uh, apartment was on the third floor. So the window was like right facing the street. You could hear everything they were saying. They were like chanting things. And then when oh, Biden won, they were cheering. So 
Good thing Biden won, because I think if Trump won, there would have been like some riots and some burning and like at least some stuff. Oh my um, god. The police were like saying, hey, we respect your right to, you know, protest, but you can't block the street because they, they were like just basically taking over the whole street. Um, yeah. And yeah. yeah, it was kind of apocalyptic, like all the windows were boarded up. The You just get this giant sense of like, oh, some something bad's going to gonna happen um so yeah that was one time the other time was in the same basically close to the same street there was mm-hmm. a homeless person so during the pandemic they weren't allowed to clear the homeless camps so like the homeless yep. camp just kind of like grew out yeah. of control yeah. um and we actually lived beside a park it was a really nice park and like people like they had like kindergartners and like i guess first or second graders who like would go to that park and play right next yep. to the homeless people which oh is kind of crazy in my mind i'm like that seems really dangerous but this home this homeless this specific homeless person had bought a tank of propane into their tent and just... i guess somebody else or I, I don't know who but like somebody um or maybe he did it but he somebody set fire to his tent and the propane tank exploded Jesus. In the middle of downtown what Seattle, like 10 minutes away from like a bunch of office buildings. You, we were literally sitting there in our living room watching TV and all you hear is this giant boom. It was like, it was like huge fireball. It was like, it was like a bomb went off and I ran yeah, to my window. Propane, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a propane tank, right? I ran to my window. I'm like, oh my gosh. The uh, park beside our house on fire. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Yeah. It is insane. It is insane because, um, I, mean, I mean, we walk our dogs past there all the time. And, like, if it had been another day and we were out walking the dogs late, that thing could have exploded right as I walked by. Like, you, you never really yeah. know, right? Yeah. It's just, like, giant explosion. The uh, fire trucks came. Yeah, I, I don't know if there was... Because uh, we weren't outside, so all we saw were like called nine one one. We saw the cops come and the and the ambulance and all of that, and then they just kind of like took care of it. Uh, but yeah, then they cleared out that tent because it was obviously like super burnt. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was just my thought of like maybe mm. I should go home. Maybe I should go back to Canada. I don't know. I don't think this place likes me very much. <laughs> and what's scary is like i don't think your experience is that different from anyone else living in america like you live in seattle i'm sure shit gets crazy in new york in la in san francisco yeah Yeah. like no doubt yeah Um, yeah and sometimes i don't know it just feels like america is just living this comic book life where shit just happens all this all, all the time and and it's like it seems so unreal because Never in my life have I seen anything boarded up in Canada or Singapore. Yeah. Never. Like, I don't even know what that looks like in real life. Like, yeah. Because because no one worries about that in in other countries. And it's just yeah. like, what the freak? Hundred percent. It's like it's a surreal moment. You're like walking down the street. The shop you just go to one day. You know, you thought it was super nice, um, and you know the people inside are super nice, and you know they're very helpful and help you out if you ever ask them any question. But they just like did all this all of a sudden they just put up these so much protection it's almost like uh, mm-hmm. they, they just don't want people to go in anymore um and <laughs> the, the craziest thing i saw was like 
they would put up these giant boards, right, to like protect pr uh, to protect themselves from protesters, and yeah. then they'll write like in spray paint, "We are still open" with an arrow pointing <laughs> at the door, and it's just like, Come in. What, "What is going on?" <laughs> Man, that's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I I think in some ways, like it seems unreal to us, but whenever I go to uh, America or I guess anywhere that's <laughs> I almost said like a not developed country <laughs> chaos chaotic chaotic yeah yeah but like it, it it sort of just feels like this this is real in a sense like this is the world as it is when we don't have I don't know like the controls that we've put in place in Canada of like free healthcare or like higher taxation that this is just what happens as a result yeah and like like we said America is still the best place in the world to pursue opportunity but there's a downside to that the people who get left behind yeah. um and yeah it's it's real like that's that's my interpretation of it yeah give me that dictatorship singaporean government <laughs> okay where everything runs smoothly without any hitches and nothing gets broken People are happy. People get houses. People there are happy. Homeless. People have no choice. People... <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like we said, people are not unhappy. So that's good. Um, yeah, and things just like aren't freaking crazy. Yeah, I, I think like it's it's such an interesting thing. It's like if you have, I feel like sometimes here you have so much choice that it kind of messes you up as well as like you really don't know how to choose um yeah. and so that's like the, the the other downside and like yeah the about people being left behind i think the problem is when you have too many of those people it's it gets a little bit scary it's like at a certain point it it, it is really sad I, I think that you have these people who are making you know like six figures easily and then mm -hmm. you have these people who like literally had their whole house blow up because they tried they try to bring a you know a propane tank <laughs> to try and heat up some food up. yeah yeah their tent <laughs> blow up yeah but i mean i think it, it's all they could afford right i yeah. think yeah. at that point and that is really sad and some of these people um at least from what I've seen online is that it's not that they uh, are just not trying. They do have some sort of economy of like what they do, um, but mm -hmm. it just uh, due to various reasons, they just can't make ends meet. And it's a super tough, it's a pretty vicious cycle. I think that's why I feel like I would never want to retire, retire here. I think it's just too crazy. Like if you get really sick for whatever reason, you're basically your house can just just be gone just just take it and like yeah. give it to the hospital because that's just all gonna go all the money is gonna go in there um and yeah it's just really sad i but it's also kind of hard like there's not really a good way to help them too i think there has mm -hmm. to be something more systemic that like government wise or i don't know something that's more broader reaching than just individuals trying to reach out i think yeah agree really tough yeah and i guess like the other thing that it kind of hit, hits at home is like you just never feel safe here that's kind of a really interesting thing Ooh. um and I, and I think we've talked about this a lot on our chat but like i feel like 
you i i know you jason and you alex like feel like you guys feel really safe in the places you live and yeah, i feel like yeah. that is so such a strange thought after living here it's like i feel like half the time i never feel safe because there's just like so much stuff um oh my god especially when you have like when you go and have to like walk your dogs um at certain times there's been like some crazy people who have come up to me and said some crazy stuff like one guy came up to me one day and uh it, it, we have a golden retriever and he's usually very friendly towards all all the people but this guy mm -hmm. he would not go close to like he would like stay a good amount of distance away i'm like wow i've never seen him like that <laughs> and then he comes up to me and he says Oh, like the NSA or the FBI or some the government's watching you through your oh, eyes, freak. and he like just screamed a bunch of stuff at me, and I'm and I was like okay, and then I just like kind of kept walking, and he was like trying to get me to agree to his like crazy oh, eye oh. theory of like the people heck? are watching you through your eyes, and then my dog oh. was like, nope, I don't like this person. He's I guess he smelled weird, and then he just like I guess ran away. Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of crazy, but. Birds aren't real movement. Have you guys heard about that? <laughs> no, I what? haven't. What is that? Wait, you guys don't know about this? So no, it's reading this. <laughs> birds aren't real. So it's kind of a meme um, that turned cons con uh, conspiracist theory true-ish, where people think that like birds aren't real, that they're just robots that the FBI and NSA have, have installed, and they're just like monitoring everyone. And there okay. are legit people who do believe in that. You, you know, I think... Um, I think the the NSA and the FBI here actually wouldn't even have to do that because literally down my street, everybody has like a camera in front of their doors, like the ring doorbells. I don't know if oh, you've seen yeah. those, oh, the camera okay. doors. And then almost everyone has like a camera pointed at the street. So all the FBI or NSA would have to do is just ask like Ring or Amazon or whatever the other one is, like ADT, like, hey, can I see your camera? Feed yeah, or whatever, I mean, yeah. and then they just be able to see everybody and everything and track everybody. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that makes. I mean, some people believe some crazy stuff. Like that guy was like, he was absolutely scary, and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel very unsafe. Um, this other time, um, someone was trying to get into our apartment building door, and I Whoa. said, so. He didn't have keys and then I didn't feel comfortable letting him in and uh, because our apartment had a string of break-ins and robberies um, oh my God. inside the apartment. And hold on, I have to preface this. This was a really nice apartment, by the way, and it had security guards. So what the hell? They like, I don't know, crazy stuff just happens. It's, it's kind of like, and all of the uh, elevators you had to beep to get into. You had to have like the key fob to mm -hmm. move the elevator. So even if you got into the first floor, um, you would still have to have a key fob to reach any of the other floors in the building. Yep. Uh, but there were a string of break-ins still, and um, people have found homeless people sleeping in the in like the uh, what is it called the stairwells and things like that. So wow. they had security. I guess they weren't very effective. I I don't know exactly what happened, but um, so I wasn't comfortable letting this person in. Um, and the first thing. So they were waiting outside the door and then I stood there by the door and he's like, you do you live here? I was like, yes. And then he's like, oh, are you going to let me in? I'm like, no. And then... Uh, <laughs> funny conversation. Like, no, like, no. no. Uh, nah, and then, man. And then, okay, so also to preface this, he was African-American and then he's... And then so he 
he asked me, he's like, why not? Right. And then <laughs> I was like, no, English, English, yeah, no English. Get... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no. Oh and then gosh. I was just like, well, I don't feel comfortable. There's been a recent, you know, string of break-ins. Like maybe you can just wait out here until. <laughs> oh my God. You're going to rock yet. What answer is that? No, I just, I just said it because that was my honest opinion about what was happening. I wasn't saying it was him. Like, I didn't, I didn't mean it like, oh, hey, like, I think you're going to rob somebody, right? Like, I, I didn't mean it that way. And then I realized after I said it, I'm like, oh, shit, I guess he probably, like, he took it that way. And then he got super mad. Oh, shit, that, that could probably dude. be implied if you say yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And so he got super mad. And then... Um, Watch him be I, like your neighbor. Uh, yeah, that like, yo, man, really how can I mean to let me in? <laughs> I forgot yeah. my keys. I, thankfully, I never saw him again, so that's good. Uh, okay, but God. yeah, so then, yeah, someone else let, ended up letting him in. But oh God, yeah, yeah I mean, it just it's just like things like that, it's just like very confrontational kind of things. Um, I learned that I have to like from that interaction, I'm like, oh, I should be really careful what I say, and also I probably should have just walked past to the side door instead of trying to go through the main door. Where the guy mm-hmm. was waiting, yeah. But yeah, that was that was fun. Anyways, yeah, man. safety. Don't didn't feel very safe at that moment either. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely like just gotten used to taking that for granted, feeling safe. Yeah, it's <sighs> like if you walk outside at night, do you ever fear of like no getting attacked? No. Never. Um, all the time, actually. You just have to be really careful. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're I, downtown. I, I don't even like lock my door half the time. It's sorry, Ooh. bad to say. So I lock my door and at night I always set my um, security alarm and everything. And wow. it's like got like four cameras covering all the blind spots. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I think that's just like uh, pretty common actually. I feel like most people do have alarms set up here. Um, Attack yeah. dog. Attack dog. dog, yeah. Baseball well, bat right next to your bed. We were, yeah, we're actually thinking of getting one. We don't have oh. any weapons, but oh my, uh, my other like our uh, mutual uh, friend has like um, like he's really into guns here. So we we met uh, my significant other. She met like a coworker, not a coworker, like a a classmate as she was attending school here, and her boyfriend is really into guns because like the first night he moved into his home someone tried to break in and he didn't have any weapon to defend himself with oh my was the god story. and so he got um he got a gun and like a bunch of guns i guess um to defend himself with and he goes shooting <laughs> a regularly. bunch of guns how many guns do you need <laughs> you know there might be 30 attackers i need four submachine guns and a rifle <laughs> you can never have enough it is my understanding oh my god yeah hmm and it's uh it it was really interesting because he grew up he's also asian he's asian american uh, mm-hmm. but he he grew up in arizona like um mm-hmm. in the states right and so his mentality is just let like i feel like his mentality is guns are pretty normal and whenever he yeah. goes to like a sketchy area um uh, for example like downtown seattle he'll just have a gun carried with him um and washington oh. state allows you to do concealed carry so that means oh, wow. like you can hide it on your body, um, and I think the the rule is if you draw the gun out, you have to shoot. You can't draw and just <laughs> like wave f- it around. So that's why it's like. What do you mean you have to shoot? That's why it's like don't 
it's it's like a serious what? thing right <laughs> apparently that's how like the, the it's like oh i took this out and i gotta gotta fire it now <laughs> no, it's, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. it's like it's like hey excuse me sir do you have a gun he's like oh you sue you saw i gotta i gotta pull this gun <laughs> and shoot you right now <laughs> No, no, it's not, it's not like if they see your gun, you have to shoot. It's like if you take your gun out, you have yeah. to be intentionally trying to use it, guess, not just like uh, trying okay. to threaten somebody with it and you put it back like you weren't actually going to do anything. It's just What, so crazy. you have to shoot? That doesn't make sense. Don't be a bitch, okay, America? <laughs> Basically. It's like, it's like saying if you take out a knife, you have to stab someone. <laughs> you can't just put it back. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. You take out your you have to do it to someone. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like... It had to be someone. I pulled it out. <laughs> it's the law. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. I, I I think it's a little bit scary, like because you basically never know who you're dealing with, um, and what they have carried because it's concealed. So it's just like you kind of have to be really careful, I guess. Yeah, that's like insane. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I I worry enough about like, oh, what if I fall down this flight of stairs and I like crack my head open or something, right? And now I got to worry about like everyone around me potentially carrying guns. That's just yeah. Oh my god! It, mm. It's like if you get into an argument, some random person, and they feel threatened. Um, I I don't know if they have the right to shoot you, but they could have a gun on them. And they could just shoot <laughs> you. Right to shoot you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 pretty oh scary. I mean, just think about that. It's like since I've moved here, it's so in Canada, haven't been involved in any shootings. Um, have oh, never. Well, thank God, have never, right? Most people aren't, right? Yeah, exactly. No, of course not. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and since we've moved here, I think, oh, I want to say, at least two, what? where I was like right across the street from, like literally, you could see the person who was running around with the gun if you were staring oh, out the window the in downtown. Uh, yeah, one was right yeah. outside our apartment building. Actually, probably more than, but like um, the ones that like come to mind are like one was right outside apartment building. We saw a um, somebody shot up a parked car in the alleyway. They just drove by and then they just like at least five or six rounds straight into the car. What the frick? Um, it's because they yeah. pulled out their gun. They had to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's yeah. The Sorry, guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's such an interesting. They um the car was empty, so they didn't hit anybody. Um, so that was good. Uh, the other time was we were at work, and so, so uh, my employer decided to put all of us, uh, at least our organization, in like a really sketchy building in a really sketchy part of downtown. Um, so uh -huh. th these guys, um, actually on the same day, there was like multiple shootings. Uh, but the one that got really close to us <laughs> was the one right outside, literally on the street, right outside my building. Um, you can see the shooter from our window and people went to take a look. I don't recommend oh you if you're God. ever in a shooting, don't stand near the windows. But that's what all my coworkers <laughs> went to do. They were like, oh my gosh, there's a shooting. And they went over to the window to try and see who was getting shot, uh, shot at. Um, but literally they came out of the subway um, I think it was gang related and then they started shooting um, and they sh I guess they were trying to hit somebody I don't know the exact details but yeah because there was like it was basically uh, like four or five ish so people were starting to get off work oh my uh, and God. they were near public transit hub sort of uh, it got really busy um, so there was a lot of people in the way so they ended up shooting some like bystanders 
our uh, one of my old teammate mates, <laughs> my ex teammates, <laughs> got shot in the leg. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, so he got shot in the leg, and they couldn't take the bullet out because it probably would have been a little bit risky for the surgery. So he just has a bullet in his leg now. Um, but <laughs> oh, wow. that's just a Does battle he... scar from living in America. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, and he, I mean, he wasn't even doing anything. He was just waiting for the bus. Right? This is like such a normal thing. And my bus stop was right across the street from his bus stop. So I was like, thank God I didn't get off work slightly early that day. Oh <laughs> I was like still God. working, but like. Yeah, he was just standing there, um, and he got shot, um, and we didn't Damn. really know about it. They locked down the whole, they locked down the whole floor, um, uh, sorry, the whole building. We weren't allowed to leave. They sent a bunch of text messages saying like, "Stay in place, um, don't don't try to leave the building, don't try to go anywhere, don't try to go to your car until we say it's safe." and we got locked in that building for like three or four hours. Oh my God. Um, and people were like, oh my gosh, my kids are coming off of school. I need to go home to pick them up, right? And yeah. then um, one of our coworkers who did have kids ventured outside because she really had to go. And yeah. then she walked by um, some ambulances <laughs> with like paramedics and saw somebody sitting on the floor and was like, hey, I know you used to be on her team. Oh and my then, God. And then that's how she told, it's like, oh my God, blah, 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 got shot. And then we were like, Oh my God, is he okay? And then so somebody reached out, and that's how we found out his, you know, his, he got shot in the leg, and they couldn't take the bullet out. Um, but thankfully, he was okay, so oh that's my good. God. That's just basically what it's like. It's like um, I think every, uh, basically once a year, there's been something crazy that's happened um, in that kind of sense. Something very violent. Something people getting shot. Uh, yeah. Things like that. Which is kind of crazy. I've never, I've never thought about that. Never been ever close to that. Never had any of those kind of experiences since I moved here. It's like all basically like, I don't know, like 20 uh, ish years of my life uh, living in Canada beforehand. Um, never even had any type of experience close to this. Mm -hmm. I'm getting anxiety yeah. just listening to your stories. It That's does, just it does like make you quite, insane. yeah. It's like you get really anxious the first kind of couple of days after it's happened. Which is like mm -hmm. as you're walking on the street, you're very careful. You're looking around, making sure you maintain situational awareness and all that stuff, right? And then slowly it kind of fades until the next event. And then you're like, oh my gosh, you know, stuff hit the fan again. And then it's like, okay, I got to be really careful again. Um, kind of like a cycle. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I know. America. America. <laughs> America. yeah i guess like i don't know the, those are kind of like far away stories i i guess the the one um i know I, I guess i mentioned it before but the one that kind of happened to me personally is uh -huh. like the um so we were uh this is this is a whole like huge i guess backdrop to the story we were um going to go uh, get some groceries kind of late at night. I think that was the first mistake. Don't get groceries late at night. But it's stupid because the... That shouldn't be a mistake. Yeah, that's not your fault. The that's grocery store is open, right? So I, I would assume that, you know, they <laughs> only open fault. for like safe hours. <laughs> like it has to be fairly safe there um, for you to be open. But so we went out late. It was like 1030. We went to get... It's not even um, that late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's pretty reasonable. Time to go. We went to get some um, Hawaiian rolls. It, it's like bread, but it's like mini bread. And it's got like this yeah. little orange kind of, um, I guess, 
glaze on the top that it tastes really good yeah um, so we we're gonna go get some hawaiian rolls so i went to the grocery our local grocery store like 10 minutes down the street from where we we're living and we uh picked up the rolls walked out and as we were walking out um to go to the parking lot there was like a group of teenagers who were uh blocking the stairs and these teenage one of them came up to me and said in a very macho tone like you better give me your hawaiian rolls because i had it in my hand right so he saw what i was holding i was like you better give me your hawaiian rolls or else i'm gonna like i gotta beat you up and i'm like uh i'm like in my head i was like there is no way he's gonna fight me for these hawaiian rolls they're like 6.99 they're right beside a grocery store you could just, just buy, them and buy them right yeah and then so i was just like Yo, just chill. It's okay. Like, I, I know I don't <laughs> want to give this to you. <laughs> just chill. Man. And then we just kept walking. And they, like, blocked the stairway towards the parking lot. So yeah. that whole thing. So we had to kind of, like, walk over or past them to get there. Um, as we were walking past them, they made a lot of racial slurs and, like, insults kind of flung our way. Uh, they kept yeah. kind of said a lot of like the typical typical things. Um, mm. So at that point, um, this is probably another mistake is like, don't really talk back if you don't have like a group of friends with you or whatever that you can actually fight people with, I guess. <sighs> Not your is, fault is again, Chen. <laughs> um, yeah, so we like said a bunch of stuff. So it was me and my significant other. And then we were like, we, we said some stuff back and we were nearing the top of the stairs um, when like, I think uh, the tensions between us and the group kind of boiled over. And then the, someone from the bottom of, uh, oh, sorry, someone who was in that group came running up the stairs to us. So we were on the second floor parking lot. Um, so they were running up the stairs towards us. Yeah. So as we reached the top of the stairs, uh, as we reached the top of the stairs, they kind of came up right after us. And then she actually slapped my uh, significant other first. Uh, she slapped me and then she slapped my significant other and i'm like what the what the heck like you're actually gonna like so you're fighting me over hawaiian rolls and then oh um the rest of the group came over and then so we got into an altercation um and he they were just like it was i think at a point where um like in hindsight i think they were just looking to provoke somebody or fight somebody and because it was me and my significant other we were only two people and they had more people in their group it was like we were a little bit of an easy target so i guess another mistake is like don't make yourself such an easy target uh i don't oh know if these God. are mistakes but these are just like lessons i guess um so yeah so like that happened and so i was hit in the jaw and the person did break my jaw um and oh thankfully my, my significant other did not um uh she, i think she got she was slapped and i think they pulled her hair but it wasn't anything like lasting like serious mm. um and i think there was a little bit of bruising and a little bit of cuts but it wasn't like um anything major but for me it was it was really interesting experience because i've never been punched before in my life so yeah. that was like oh, really no i haven't like oh, really punched not. like like maybe like lightly punched but it was like he hit me really hard um and the thing i remember is my teeth my jaw was slightly open and they clacked together so my bottom teeth and my uh, upper teeth like they bit into each other oh, shit. i just remember hearing like a giant clack um and then my 
uh, I think I bit my lips. So my whole teeth and everything was like bloody. Oh my it, like, cut God. My lips. And then um, it was just uh, at the beginning, it didn't really hurt that much because it was like a, like all the adrenaline, right? And mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, my significant other, she like called the cops right away. As soon as she saw them basically coming up the stairs, she's like, oh, these people are trying to fight us. So she's going to call the cops. Yeah. So she called the cops. Um, and then they came and so as as the cops came it was like uh the pain kind of hit it was like pretty bad i I would say i would say it's like medium it's kind of like you know that pain you have after you get your wisdom teeth taken out yeah yeah kind of like kind of similar to that kind of Mm -hmm. like a um dull constant throbbing pain um and the person then they sent me to the er i drove to the er didn't take the ambulance oh my god so uh, sorry, my senior other drove me to the ER. We didn't take the ambulance. Okay. Um, <laughs> that cost too much. Yeah, that that would have been quite a lot. Uh, the ER stay. Uh, we stayed there for like six hours, and I think it was like they built the insurance company like three thousand dollars or something like that. Damn. Um, yeah. So, anyways, but they didn't even do anything. They literally just like had me sit there, and then um, they took one X-ray. Uh, and from the x-ray, my jaw actually broke in two places. So it's like a clean break. So like literally it was like hanging. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. And then I had like a giant bruise on the side of my uh, face. And then it went all the way down to like my collarbone and back up. Because I guess that's where all the blood was pulling. Jesus um, Christ. It was, it was like pretty bad. Uh, the <laughs> toughest part was you couldn't, um, I couldn't swallow properly. So every time I swallowed, it hurt a lot. And then because the jaw was hanging, I had like a lot of saliva. <laughs> so it's like really awkward. It was like, yeah. Um, as you were trying to swallow, it hurts. But then you had to swallow a lot because there was a lot of saliva. Um, mm. And yeah, what else happened? The, they gave me some ice. Um, they told me to go see an uh, like orthopedic surgeon, I think. It's like one of those people who do surgery on like your jaw and like your teeth and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty rough. Uh, they couldn't schedule me in a right away because they were all busy and it's not like a life-threatening thing. But I couldn't eat really, so that kind of sucked. Um, we bought oh some soylent right after that, so uh, <laughs> oh, I had soylent for like no. two weeks. Oh my god. Um, yeah, jaw surgery is not fun, uh, especially if your jaw is broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person said that they would do... The so there were like two ways you could treat it. If you get the jaw surgery, they usually put metal plates where you're to reconnect your jaw. Yeah. And then they screw they screw it in with like screws so that it like kind of fixes it while the bone kind of grows. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. bone will grow around those screws and the plates. And so the plates stay there forever. But mm-hmm. as the bone is growing, you cannot chew anything. Oh my god. Uh, even if it feels like it's better, even if it's like a couple months after and it feels like it's good, until they give you the AOK, you cannot chew anything hard. Um, only soft foods or liquid foods. And if the break is bad enough, they actually wire your jaw shut. So all you can do is suck on liquid. It is probably Forever? No. So until <laughs> the phone sets. Okay. Forever okay. would suck okay. because then okay. you just see Jesus. a bunch of people can't speak Christ. and have like wired jaw shut. But if it's um if it's bad enough and the person the surgeon told me he trusted he trusted me to not eat anything hard so he didn't wire my jaw shut but if it was like a kid or someone he like felt like would need it yeah. they would have wired it shut and all you can do is drink 
liquid, which would have sucked because like um, your stomach actually goes through a lot of things if you only drink liquid. Oh my so god! So after yeah, after not being able to eat for solids for quite a long time, um, and then coming back to eating solids and things that had more oil and things like that, uh, and fats and meat. Uh, my stomach, like it was probably um, for the six months afterwards, it took, it, it was really bad. Like I would constantly get stomach aches and like anything that was slightly stomach upsetting would like upset my stomach too quite uh -huh. a lot. Um, oh my God. Yeah. So that happened. Um, in hindsight, that was a really interesting experience, but also something that I definitely don't want to do again. Um, and this is all because nope. some kids wanted your Hawaiian rolls. Uh, yes, the That's funniest part. America in a nutshell. Yeah, and so I think they honestly just wanted to pick a fight with somebody, and they were like, had something to prove. And yeah, um, I mm -hmm. I think the other thing is I I I could probably guess that you know they weren't from like a very good background with like very caring family. It seemed like they were getting into trouble a lot. One of the so we found out from like the prosecutor. Uh, that one of the kids were actually out on probation for another crime that they committed. Oh my god. So they were in the process of trial for another crime and then they committed this crime and so they go through the whole process. But as a ju so they were a juvenile, so they were under the uh, the age of 18. So if you're under the age of 18, the Seattle law uh, or I guess Washington state law is very lenient towards you. Mm -hmm. So most likely they'll just go to halfway home or group home for mm. maybe a couple months and then they would basically be set free again um yeah so i think like maybe their personal situation wasn't too good they probably had a reason why they were just hanging out there instead like at 10 30 at night in front of a grocery store it's kind of weird um <sighs> yeah it's like the, i mean it, it's just like if you don't have such a strong society where you kind of have all of those pressures on people to to do different things i feel like you kind of just find your own way right and if you don't have any good mentors or good people to look up to it kind of you kind of just fall uh it's sad to say but they kind of can fall through the cracks yeah i, I don't know i, I know you're mm -hmm. trying to humanize them but i like in some sense it doesn't give them any leeway right like yeah. it's still a really yeah. fucked up situation yeah i i think it definitely um it's a it's just really sad. I think overall, there's nobody who kind of won here. Like I got my jaw broken. They had to go to juvie and like do all this stuff. And I think it could have, in a sense, been prevented through other means. But I just think that with the way society is here, it's very difficult to kind of change these kind of things. Um, yeah. So the, the other really interesting thing about this whole story is that so usually when these kind of crimes occur, the people run away and it's very difficult to catch them. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but they, uh, the kids were caught because they were eating the bag of Hawaiian rolls they stole from me <laughs> They're at, a, at a park, oh, oh literally no. 10 minutes away from where the crime occurred. So, so like the police came on bikes cause they, I don't know, bike police. Right. And then what? they were like, we gave them a description of who the people were. There was like one tall guy who was pretty buff and one short girl who had really long hair. 
Um, and then and Hawaiian rolls. I guess they, they just like, <laughs> they like Hawaiian yeah. Rolls. And then we talked about, yeah, they stole our Hawaiian <laughs> rolls and, and then they like did the whole, um, I guess a canvas around the area. And then they found them at a park beside the grocery store eating the Hawaiian rolls. And that's basically how they were caught. Um, the police. Oh, I rode on the back of a police cruiser that day because they took us to identify the people. They were like, were they these people? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we said like 70% sure, 60%, 70% cause it was dark and like things happened pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but it kind of looked like them. And they did have the rolls, so I think that's why they kind of got arrested. <laughs> they had the rolls. The most incriminating evidence. They were eating. Yeah, Come it's, on. it's hilarious. Yeah, it's really funny because I think this. Uh, it was comical in the sense that all this happened over like a six dollar piece of bread, pieces of bread, um, and yeah, that, that that kind of just that's like the whole thing, um, and. Yeah, so my lesson out of this is whatever, like, just let it go. I think there's no reason to kind of speak, I guess, know your place, I guess. It's like, is there any point in, like, speaking back to people who you don't really care about anyways? Um, And the other places, like, know your surroundings. Like, don't go towards an empty parking lot if there's a group of people harassing you. Oh, my God. Um, I think that probably would have been a bad, that's a bad decision. Um, the other thing is, yeah, it ended up costing me way more money um, from all the healthcare bills and things like that than like the Hawaiian roll. So maybe next time I would just give it to them, be like, have my six ninety nine dollar Hawaiian roll, and then whatever. call the cops yeah. and say they got the Hawaiian rolls, guys. Yeah, they, got they stole them. this for me. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, because I had to take two weeks off of work to recover. Um, yeah, definitely. to a point where I could go back. Um, and I had to pay all of the, all the, the bills were, That's... thank God I had insurance or else, oh my gosh, more than I would be out of like 30 K. <sighs> yeah. Like oh, probably really? more 30, 30, yeah. I would yeah, say like 35. It. Yeah. Oh my. It's like, God. the it would have been three K for the ER stay. Uh, we didn't take the ambulance. So that saved probably like a thousand to $2,000. Even though we were like five minutes away from the from the hospital, yeah. Um, the surgery, uh, the anesthesi- the surgery, the surgeon, the anesthesiologist, the nurse. Um, we were. It was an outpatient um, procedure, <laughs> so they um, they you didn't have to stay in the hospital and like live in the room. Mm-hmm. But I think they still charged me like six hundred dollars for staying there for like two hours or while I woke up from my anesthesia from being like under anesthesia yeah um uh they yeah so like after all of that each one of the so they put a bunch of um they put a two plates or three plates in my in in my jaw Mm -hmm. and then they had to screw it in and i think they used like 10 or 11 screws and each screw cost a thousand dollars oh my god that was the bill so it's like eleven thousand dollars worth of screws or some some crazy number like that. I, I don't know why they're like titanium, but I don't know why titanium screws would cost quite that much. But yeah, it was quite a lot. Um, the the interesting thing is that the uh, it's a little bit of a scam because because it was thankfully I found one that was in network that was like my thing. I had to find one that was in network doctor, mm-hmm. and then um, because they were in network, they were able to negotiate down some of the prices. So the bill came out to like, if I were to pay out of pocket, it would have been like 35,000. 
Oh my but God. some of the things they got like quite a lot of discount on i think they for some of the procedures and operations and like some of the i guess equipment and things like that mm-hmm. that they had to use um they were able to get between like 50 to maybe 70 percent off of the build price oh, okay so i think the insurance company ended up paying maybe just a little bit over half of that i ended up paying like five six hundred dollars Okay. Um, from like copay deductible and like buying uh, medicine and things like that um but it's such a scam it's like you bill a price and if you didn't have insurance you can't negotiate down that price yeah so you the pay fuck? the full price then that's like messed up right but if you have insurance then they cut it in half like what the heck yeah yeah it penalizes like, poor people exactly Damn. um yeah. but yeah so that's got a my personal story of what's happened um Definitely wouldn't recommend, like, anything with the jaw, just, it just sucks. Just, like, uh, not being able to eat is probably the worst thing. It's, like, after a stressful day of work, some of the happiest thing you do is, like, you eat something nice. Mm-hmm. And then all you could, all I could look forward to was, like, another bottle of Soylent. I was oh, like, God. oh, my God. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Holy uh, shit, yeah. man. But, yeah. I mean, it's good. I'm all good now. Um, the I still don't have, so they damaged, it damaged the nerve in my lip. Um, so my bottom right lip, I still cannot feel, uh, but I can feel the chin now, uh, like more and more. So mm, I guess it's slowly huh. coming back. Maybe in like maybe another two three years, it'll be fully back to normal. But at a certain point, I couldn't feel the uh, the side of my lip or my chin at all. So oh it's kind of like uh, when you get a cavity and then they stick the needle in you yeah. to like yeah. to like do in it to um, numb the whole thing yeah. it's like that was like permanent so i would eat something hot and then i wouldn't feel it until it hit the back of my throat i was oh like my oh my god, god this thing was super hot because <laughs> usually your lips tell you if it's hot or not yeah yeah, yeah yeah so I mean, jesus yeah. christ yeah it's good that you guys like i think that's kind of like the one thing i'm looking forward to if i ever move to asia or even back to canada i think it's just like you don't have to worry as much about the sense of dread and fear and anxiety of your safety yeah and that you have to be really careful when you're walking around um even if like you're going to really nice and fancy places that are downtown yeah like you're going clubbing or whatever or like to a bar i like i was basically in that area like there was a lot of clubs a lot of bars. like it was a really rich neighborhood rent there is super expensive if you want to live there there's a lot mm-hmm. of you know wealthy higher higher class people there um but Things like that still happen. Crimes still happen. You could be literally besides super shiny things, super mm-hmm. new, um, super expensive. And the right next door is like a homeless guy with a tent. That's oh kind of just like what it's yeah. like here in the States. Okay. So I know this episode is really long now, but I have one last question for you. <laughs> Are you ever going to eat Hawaiian rolls for the rest of your life again? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the bread is delicious. I mean, I've never had a Hawaiian roll. I don't know what it is. Oh, we should try there... some. I, I don't know. I, I was going to say, I, I don't know if it's as good um, as some of the bread available in like Japan, but at least around here, it's really good. Uh, is probably one of the best ones and then you can do like you can cut it in half and make it into like a mini sandwich and then you put some meat in the middle and put press some like mayo yeah and like some sauce and then that makes it even better it's it's similar to the buns you get in hong kong cafes i would say like a little yeah, similar yeah, yeah. like it, it's it's a yeah. dinner oh, okay. roll okay basically oh yeah 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 okay yeah yeah i mean it's not the fault of the bread i think it's just people right people are dumb people do crazy things <laughs> jesus 
All right. Yeah. Thank you, Tian, for all your stories. Um, man, it's so crazy in America, but yeah, uh, make lots of money while you're young, and then just dip because I think that's really <laughs> all you can do here. And yeah, don't live super downtown unless you're uh, okay with carrying like mace, gun, maybe a knife. I don't know, three rifles to protect yourself. With. Just, just don't yeah. take it out. Yeah, or you yeah. gotta shoot someone. Yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't take it out. But just tell them you have it. I guess maybe that'll scare them. All right. Well. I hope you guys learned something on this episode of Far From Home. Um, you can catch us on all the streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And thank you, Tian, for all the stories. We will catch you on the next one. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.